if you want to experience love, you can't fully have love unless you are the expression of love and you give love away. You can't have value. Teach this profoundly, Emily. You can't have money unless you give value. It's impossible. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams with the I Heart My Life show. I'm Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your I Heart My Life show host. This is your one-stop shop for all things personal development meets lifestyle. So pull up a seat, get out a pen and a paper and get ready to learn. Welcome to the show, Erin. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so incredibly excited. I could be honored to be with this amazing mama to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I remember meeting you for the first time a few years back and just feeling so much, just feeling how powerful you are and, and being in your presence is such a special experience. And I don't say that lightly and I don't say that to many people. And so I just know that what's going to come from this conversation is going to really shift people and open their eyes to different topics and levels of understanding that they might not have had before. So thank you for bringing all of your wisdom in advance and your energy and just all your beauty. Mm, Just holding you and everyone listening in today. I know it can be intense times. And I know that all the people here are really following their heart because they've been following you and you're somebody that's completely committed to following your heart and having other people follow their heart. And it's not always easy, you know? because the world has us going in all different directions and following influencers and doing all these things that we think will make us happy. And then one day we're like, shoot, this is not, why am I still unfulfilled? (laughs) What's going on really? So let's dive into that really-ness, right? Yeah. So take us back. Did you have moments where you experienced exactly what you just described that got you on the path that you're on today? Oh gosh, yes. (laughs) So I had, I had, I've had so many moments, of course, like all of us, but I'll never forget. It was, it was just before my 30th birthday. And for some reason I was looking at my like money in the bank and assets and all this stuff. And I realized I was like, oh my gosh, I'm officially a millionaire. And I had this moment. And in this exact moment, I also said, oh my gosh, I'm a millionaire because it realized that I had had this perception that once I became a millionaire, all of my problems would be solved and that I would be some fulfilled, you know, woman, you know, having this perfect life. And I still felt completely unfulfilled inside. And I still was wondering what is the actual secret to this thing and the key to life? Hmm. And what do you think, where do you think that stemmed from that idea that the money was going to create the happiness for you and the fulfillment? Oh my gosh. Well, that goes back to like the trauma with like (laughs) X amount of traumas back. You know, I grew up in a really interesting uh, childhood. I grew up in uh, somewhat of a hippie commune in the hills of Santa Barbara. And it was really interesting because my mother came from almost like a really poor, poor indigenous family. And my father actually came from one of the wealthiest families in America. So it was really interesting because I, I would spend, of course, I was, my parents were divorced and my mom, we had no money. We went to the thrift store for clothes. You know, we had zero money whatsoever. And then I go to my dad's side of the family and they had multiple homes and all this stuff. But what was interesting is I realized that my dad's family was living just as much scarcity as my mother's family. And the reason why, because they were trying to save 
every single dime. They were clipping out coupons for you know the designer stores to go shopping. They were in this scarcity and this lack as well. So my entire childhood was just scarcity mindset coming from all different facets of life. And so it was just, it was in my DNA, you know, is in my DNA, straight up born in scarcity energetics. <laughs> really and wow. truly. Yeah. And I, that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that. And I know we're going to talk more about family lineage and trauma and all that comes with that. And I'm curious to know, because I've had similar wake up calls where you create something or you have, you amass a certain amount of money or something that you thought was going to be, make you happy. And then you wake up one day and realize that that's not the case. So what steps did you take to get closer to fulfillment and get clearer? Yeah. So I know you probably know my story, but most people don't. I had a full-term stillborn at the age of 22. So I was, you know, kind of had no, no kind of organization, no parenting, really. It's like a lock kid kid growing up. I had been date raped in high school and had bulimia from 17 to 20. And then when I had my, I thought, oh, if I just get married, then all my problems will be solved. And I got married to someone I didn't even know. And then I had a full-term stillborn at the age of 22. And that was what set me on my spiritual track. So when I say I was 30 and I had this moment of like, hey, I'm a millionaire, but I'm totally unfulfilled. I was having like a double life. I was literally like trying to live the life that the world told me I was supposed to live. And then I would go literally into my walk-in closet and meditate for hours every day. So what really happened was number one, I would say for sure, just doing all your inner work, which trauma after 27 years of seeking truth for me now, I understand trauma is the key to doing the inner work. It's the missing thing to the secret. We all watch the secret, the documentary. Well, why were we able to manifest some things, and then we weren't able to manifest other things, or we were able to manifest, but we were still not fulfilled. So for me, the, the key to doing the work for sure is the inner trauma work, which is clearing out the epigenetics on the DNA and doing the E4 trauma method. That's what I created that got me the 2020 Walden Wisdom Award next to Oprah. So doing your trauma work is for sure the most important thing because your soul's calling is your soul. Until you have done your soul's work, you won't know your true soul's calling. Second thing, I would definitely say you need to surround yourself in an environment of people that are holding you in truth and that are doing their their work so that you can stay in that frequency. And thirdly, it's for sure is service. Service because when I just focus on myself, this biatch will never be fully happy. Like, she's like, I need more, I need less. No, that's not good enough, you know. Like, so it's like only till I give in service every day that I'm like, oh, this is actually fulfilling because I can be in the nicest resort in Paris right now, having the greatest food and the beautiful clothes. And I'm like, why am I still feeling like something's missing? Yeah, right. And so when you started on that journey, let's talk about the trauma piece. What were your first steps? Or if someone is just listening to this for the first time, they haven't done any trauma work, but they're recognizing they really resonate with what you're saying because they've tried to manifest, they've done some mindset work, but things aren't happening or resolving. What would be the first steps? Yeah. So what happened was I I was doing meditation for years and years. I was having out-of-body experiences. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm so advanced. Oh my God. I was like an elitist, you know, like spiritualist, like I'm better than you because I do more spiritual work. You know, it was like one of those things, um, which is like part of the path of all of it. Right. But what happened was I would begin to know that I'd have these mystical experiences and these empowerment things, but then I couldn't be in the same room as my mom. I'd get triggered in the same room as my mom. So I'm like, 
well, how spiritual am I? If I can like, not like be an actual relationship, but I can have these things. Right. So what happened is I began to dive more and more into the subconscious work and realize like, wow, there's something here. We can have these spiritual things, but we need to deal with the actual DNA and the subconscious work. And so just began to dive into it for just, I became obsessed with it. And, and then what happened is I created the E4 trauma method and I began to do these processes. I was like, what are we actually doing? We're, we're neutralizing the, the events that happen. So for most people out there, let's do this. First thing is you got to recognize that you have trauma because most people think it's just, well, I wasn't in a car accident or I wasn't, you know, sexually abused by my father, or I wasn't, you know, had some huge things. That's not trauma. So spiritual psychology is different than traditional psychology. Psychology would say, is there big traumas? Is there little traumas? You know, all this stuff. We don't look at it like that. Spiritual psychology, we're saying it's not what happens to you. It's what happens within you. And what happens within you is when something occurs in life, let's just pretend that you had a breakup, or let's pretend that you got bullied on a jungle gym, or let's pretend that you sat in your house for two years in the pandemic, right? Like whatever happened, whatever occurred or didn't occur, there's something that happens where you have a really high, high frequency. You you put a meaning on what happens or doesn't happen. You all of a sudden have this huge level of frequency because you're upset and it is, so you've got frequency. How does the subconscious program through frequency and vibration? So you've got this huge frequency, you're highly upset. And then what happens is you decide something, you decide a lie. I'm not enough. I'll never love enough. I can't trust. I don't want to live. Whatever it is, it is a decision backed by high frequency. And it actually goes into an engram that goes into the neurological system. And it actually goes into the subconscious. It tags the DNA. It myelinates the DNA and actually strangulates the DNA. So then we're like, why do I feel good? Why am I feeling like all frenetic? Why am I feeling like discord? Why do I get anxiety all the time? Because it is your neurological system reacting to what was created within. So if you're out there and you're going, how do I begin with trauma? You want to first get trauma informed and realize, wow, I do have trauma. And this is why my life is out picturing the way it's out picturing. Number one. Number two is to actually do the healing, the trauma healing processes. There's all types of things. There's EMDR, there's different things, or you can come in and work an E4 trauma method. Ours is a little bit different. It deals with, you know, the triggers, it deals with that, the energetics of it, of dealing with that and neutralizing it. But what it does is we take it a little bit further in that we birth someone's purpose. We believe that the trauma is the key to when you transmute that energy is actually the purpose. Life's purpose is born out of your trauma work. And then we make a declaration and we do what's called a spiritual mind treatment or a scientific prayer to actually take the DNA to the next level. Wow. Okay. This is so fascinating. Thank you for describing that to me. So when someone starts to do this work and they do everything that you just described, they recognize that they have trauma. They start to look at, um, like you said, how they can, they can start working with that, whether it's EMDR or something like your, your amazing E4 method. So when they start to dive into that, what often happens? Like, is it something that they can resolve in a matter of months? Does it take mm-hmm. years? Is everyone different? I'd love to know sure. a little bit more a great about question. that. I think that we're such an instant gratification culture that we're like, oh, let me just, you know, get 
five sessions and get it over with. You have lifetimes of stuff going on, right? So it, it varies a little bit. And this is where I, why I began to work with soul-based spiritual entrepreneurs that wanted to use the work and take it out because I used to work with huge A plus celebrities and they would want to just fix whatever issue was going on. They had, you know, they were getting in trouble because they were whatever they had done drugs or gotten in trouble with the police, or they'd have a spouse that was saying you need help or something like that. So they would do something just to fix the circumstance. So what I found is they would come in and they'd try and fix the circumstance. Like someone coming in like, Hey, I just want to make more money. Let me do trauma work to try and make more money. Well, that's cool, but it's not going to last because it, because we need to back it up with daily spiritual practice we need to back it up with being in alignment with the correct frequency and things like that. So you can come in in one session, I could have people completely blown out of the water of like seeing all their patterns and like, oh my gosh, that's my one limited belief that's running the show. And I feel so freed up from it. And we do all the work, but you, you've got to back it up with energetic. Every single day we're creating our energetics, you know? So, so it's not going to last. So my suggestion is, you know, we do, I would say at least 12 sessions to really get something where you're really having major motion in your life. But for me, it's a lifetime work because I'm doing past life stuff and you don't have to believe in past lives. All lifetimes live in my DNA. So I'm doing work for the collective in my trauma work. I'm doing work for my lineage and things like that. And I'm also, that's why I do service every day. And that's why we take these companies out to the world because until your trauma is written till our collective traumas are gone. None of, we, we're all connected. There's no way I can be free of trauma and Emily's not free of trauma. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It's so it's it sounds a, like part of the healing is really attached to purpose as well. And has to. yeah, it has to. And then, like you said, that element of who you surround yourself by, because if you do this work for a little bit and then you go back to your normal uh, relationship or environment, and it's not going to serve the work that you just did, you would probably revert. Well, we have mirroring brain cells, right? So if I'm around somebody who is an addict, I'm going to turn into an addict. I'll be the codependent. You be the narcissist. This is the game we play, right? Mm. You be the abandoner. I'll be the victim. Yeah, It's just mirroring. You're going to turn into whatever that dysfunctional patterning is, the traumatic patterning that outpictures into everyone's life. Unless you do your trauma work, do all that inner clearing at work until you put yourself in an environment that's going to be beneficial. And until you serve, that's the missing key. You have to serve. You can't, you can't keep anything that you don't give away. It's impossible. You can't keep anything that you don't give away. Can you talk more about that? Love. If you want to experience love, you can't fully have love unless you are the expression of love and you give love away. You can't have value. Teach this profoundly, Emily. You can't have money unless you give value. It's impossible, right? I just love how you put that. Yeah. So beautiful. Do you ever wonder when your life is going to get good? Like really good? Like trips to Italy good? Maybe you have the job or the business, what you thought you wanted, but it still doesn't feel like enough and you're ready for a change, but you're worried about the pivot. Or do you ever feel like your mind is holding you back from going to the next level, making more money and creating success? Have you achieved everything you want to achieve? Maybe more than you thought was possible, but now you're burnt out and your health is suffering and you barely ever see your loved ones. Or maybe you find yourself wondering when you're ever actually going to be happy. If so, I want to invite you to my Love Your Life Masterclass. Go ahead and go to iheartmylife.com slash go and save your seat today. 
This is a live class where I'm sharing my Better Than Your Dreams framework, which is all about helping you create a life that's better than your dreams. I'm going to be sharing three key shifts to creating a life that you love, and it's going to be full of my best content. So go to iheartmylife.com slash go and save your seat today. So talk a little bit. You already kind of mentioned it. Talk about intergenerational ancestor lineage trauma, which I wrote down so I wouldn't forget. (laughs) So I think it's really interesting because um, it's a big buzz right now. All the trauma work, I think what's really cool is that science and philosophy, I mean, uh, psychology and spirituality is all saying trauma. Trauma is the key, which is so awesome. And whenever I'm working with the client, so say I have a client that goes, you know, I want to make more money. I want to create this dream life. I want to do whatever. And they think, well, if I just deal with my mini mindset and get more abundant, therefore, then I'm going to go out and get the house, the relationship and this, and then I'm going to be all fulfilled. Meanwhile, I don't even get along with my parents or we saw are having issues and I'm going to pretend like I'm going to be fulfilled in my life when I haven't actually dealt with what is really happening here, which is our lineage, which is our, we have to reparent. It's a big, big buzz in the industry. How are we ever going to create this planet into something that we want to have and have it work? If we're not even willing to deal with our own parents, like there's people out there doing all this great work and they're like, oh, I'm helping all these coaches. I'm doing all this stuff, but I can't stand my mom. She's a biatch. You know what I mean? It's like, what? It's not going to work. It's going to bite you in the ass. And like, you got to deal with what's really going on. So we have to deal with our intergenerational lineage, ancestor lineage. So what does this mean exactly? This means that, that this is the real final frontier, that we have to do this work. We have to do our work to unconditionally love our parents because we are our parents and we are our future generations. And in order to be fully free in this lifetime and fully empowered, we need to be fully free and empowered in those relationships. And what did you uncover for yourself personally when you did this work? Oh my gosh, it was so, okay. So, you know, you're just having a kid. I have a 27 year old son that got married a year ago and I'm like, oh, my son and I have a great relationship. You know, I'm like, oh, it's perfect. You know, and then he was getting married and he had to, he was like, he kind of started pulling away. And I was like, oh my gosh, why is my son pulling away? He wasn't like making me wrong per se, but he was definitely pulling away. And, and like really pulling away. Like I talked to him like once a month and we would see each other once a year. And I was like, this is crazy. What is going on? I wasn't seeing him for holidays. I was like, what do you need from me? Do we need to do trauma? Anything you need? I'm so sorry for any, I was like doing all this work. But then I realized, Emily, I was like, oh, I used to talk bad about my mom when he was a little boy. I was distancing myself from my mom his entire childhood. I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to be the perfect mom because my mom wasn't that for me. Therefore, I'll be that perfect mom. And therefore, I get to keep making my mom wrong. And I get to just pretend and be the perfect mom that I think I am. No, it doesn't work that way. However, the patterning is happening with you and your parents, because it doesn't mean that you can necessarily have, say, you save your father that sexually molested you. My father did not sexually molest me, but let's just pretend that. Okay. Um, There's no way, even if it doesn't mean he necessarily could be in my life, but I could, how I hold him in my consciousness, how I hold him in, in releasing him in love or whatever it is, but telling my children that we love people unconditionally and we see them the perfect perfection of wherever they are, that bad talking them or making them separate or, you know, whatever it is, our children 
are going to pattern us and we have to be a hundred percent responsible to heal that intergeneration trauma. My mom came from a mother who was one of the meanest women I've ever met. She was given up for adoption by her mom. So there's been this non-loving maternal thing in my, in my lineage that is going, it's trickling on down, trickling on down, you know? So the only way I have to, you know, I've had to do, I'm very good with my parents. I've had to do amends. I've had to, you know, really, really take responsibility, not justifying why I was distant, you know? Or justifying making them wrong. So it's a full on, if you want to be a leader, are you going to be a leader or not? And so you said making amends. Can, is that having conversations? Can you share more for, for people who sure. are resonating so with this? So number one for sure is trauma work. Cause you actually don't have to say anything to any okay. of your parents or grandparents. You can do all the work in consciousness. You can do it all through trauma work and you can do it all through other processes of, of really making amends. You don't have to go to anybody to do amends from a, from a, human perspective, you could go say sorry to somebody you could, but it's one thing to say, you're sorry. Sorry. Doesn't mean anything. Sorry backed up by here's the action I'm taking. Like, for example, let's just pretend with my mother. It's like, I need to own up. And we, we were in a good space. We weren't arguing or anything. When I made this amend, we had already were fine, but like, mom, I need to make even more amends, even though we're at peace with each other. And even though I love you and you love me, I realized some patterns that I did growing up that may have impacted our lineage, you know, and I was upset because of things that were happening with you. And I projected that onto my son. And now we're feeling the effects of that. So I want to take full responsibility. And I, you know, I'm going to call you every week, whether you are there or not, I'm going to call you. I also would love to create times together as a family to build the bonding and build the thing. Right. So saying you're sorry, doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, I had, I had to do the work. If I wasn't okay with my mom and say, we're, I was still pissed off about stuff or still getting triggered when I was in room with her, then I would need to go in and do my trauma work before I would be able to even have that conversation because most likely it would just end in some, the next fight. Right. So doing the trauma work and then actually going and physically creating, deciding what do I want to actually create with my mother? What do I want to create my son to view how we treat our, our generations? Right. So just taking full responsibility responsibility around it. And did that shift things with your son? Yes. My son and his wife came out and we had, it was the most magical time together. Emily, we had deep conversations, um, not going into too many details. Yeah. Um, his wife had stuff with her parents that were projecting into her relationship with me. Right. So it's like, getting together and really being fully authentic and transparent and everyone taking responsibility. And yes, it's been amazing. It's been so healing. Incredible. I think that's so interesting because I think so often we talk about, especially as entrepreneurs doing different things in the world that recognize the people that aren't serving your mission and potentially don't speak to them and really be conscious of your relationships. But from what you're saying, I feel like there's a whole nother level there that needs to be looked at in terms of what is my current, like, what is my material? What is my part that I'm playing in this whole scenario? And is it really that the relationship's not in service or is there something else going on here? I think it's huge. I mean, because especially with the parents, we can justify whatever, but like, who says that there are parents? We're born of divine. Who says they should know more than us? 
who says they should have healed their trauma. They may have not had the resources or the knowledge or the, that may have not have been, it's available now. We have the blessing and the burden of being able to heal all of our lineage trauma and being able to step into being what we want to create in our families. And we don't have to worry about how it's received. We don't have to worry about whether they show up, even though we show up, we don't have to worry about that. We get to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm the woman that I always wanted to be. I'm the mother that I've always wanted to be. I'm the daughter that I've always wanted to be. And I'm going to have zero regrets when my mom is on her transition bed. And I have to know that that is what I'm committed to. So selfishly, I want to ask you a little bit about women who are pregnant. So what oh, would be yeah, the type of it. work? Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I am like, this is, okay, this is like, I want to, I want to do this so bad. <laughs> like if I had a magic wand, Emily, a magic wand. Okay. First of all, I absolutely would do all like, like as much trauma work as I possibly can to release any and all attachment of this lifetime. I would be doing breath work. But obviously you want to, you want to go to your medical doctor and make sure you're safe. Kundalini yoga is amazing. It's very advanced. So you could probably do some that are dealing with just for mothers because they do some breath work. They do some mantra work. They do some beautiful, beautiful work, especially for mothers. Because let me tell you, Emily, I don't know how you're doing this. I don't know how you do, how you're running a business and being pregnant and moving to a new city. And I just want to acknowledge you. Like it's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. And I want you to know that no matter what you do, you are successful already and that you are so loved. And, and I know you, you, you have so much to give to this lifetime and you're such a, I don't want to say perfectionist, like in a beautiful way, like you do so much, what you've done already is profound what you do. So of course, having a non-judgment, practicing non-judgment is for sure the number one thing, unconditional love to yourself. Because think about that. Don't you want to teach your child unconditional love? And if they don't see you unconditionally loving yourself, they're not going to learn unconditional love. If our children don't see us unconditionally loving ourselves, they won't be able to unconditionally love themselves. Trauma work, having a spiritual practice of non-judgment, and having yourself in a community that is really, you have the ability to do a lot of the trauma work for your child while they're in the womb. So if you do it now, it's a real sacred time to do that deep, deep. You could clear the the DNA of both your track while you're pregnant. Wow. Thank you so much. I so yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. And something you said to me recently was, it doesn't matter what I do. I could have, you know, $10 million in the bank, or I could have $10 in the bank. You see me in a certain way and all of that stuff doesn't matter. And I just thought that was so beautiful and like, what an incredible person and friend to be able to say that. And Mm -hmm. I just think it's such a reminder to me as well, like how often I mean, I could be reflecting that to so many women in my life and yet I'm not right. And so I just want to thank you for that because that was such a reminder for me and obviously so beautiful to receive because especially during pregnancy, when your identity is starting to shift and your ambition feels different and your, you know, priorities change, you can start to lose a sense of who you actually are. It is. Well, it's a, it's an identity shift. It's one of the hardest identity shifts women and men will go through. Because you have a whole different, a mother is a completely different identity from, you know, the baller woman doing a big business. And it's like, well, I don't even care. My values have shifted. 
And now I care about this. And so anytime our value shift, we're watching it in the world right now, value shift. And anytime it's value shift, it's a really hard time because like, who am I? Well, guess what? We're not our status. We're not the, you know, our bank account status. We're not even our, we're not our bodies. We're not the circumstances. We're not even our beliefs. We're actually the creator of all of it. And you, my dear, I invite you to take out a blank canvas. And it's almost what I call, it might sound a little weird, but I call it like a death meditation, like just really releasing everything from this lifetime and going, what do I want to create now? You know, you get to create anything. And I'm so excited for you. This baby is teaching you already, right? What a master. Yeah. Our, I believe that our teacher, our, our children are teachers. They're our parents, right? We have it backwards. Mm. We have it backwards. Yeah. Beautiful. So one of the questions I want to ask before we wrap up is a little bit around abundance and wealth creation. And I know that we're not our bank account. And I'm so glad that you said that and made that very clear because I want to make sure people understand that from this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I also understand that there's a lot of people in your community and my community who want to create wealth, not just to further their lifestyle, but to be able to impact and grow the business or the mission and expand their purpose. So what is some of the trauma that holds people back from wealth creation and how how can they move through that? Sure. Money's interesting because money sometimes will go, well, I don't have trauma around money. Why, you know, how is trauma impacting my ability to make money? Well, as we know, you know, self-worth equals oftentimes net worth, right? And it comes down to a lot of it's, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of having beautiful, beautiful life. I'm not worthy of, of even being able to serve people. I'm not worthy of whatever that is. So trauma is not like we're going to go on a witch hunt looking for one trauma around money. We're looking to, it could be anything. It could be something that happened with a parent and that is projecting out into your money story of your identity. Because money really and truly, as you know this, people, you can take a look at people with their relationship with money. And generally people always have a ton of money or they don't have any money or they have the ups and downs with money. It's like, it's kind of like people have their set story. And it's like, no matter what the theme, the, all the characters change, the economic uh, economics change everything, but the theme of their relationship with money always stays the same. So what trauma does is it changes your relationship to life. And so when we change our relationship to life, and in particular, our relationship with money, then we get freed up to create something out of it. Realizing that if we want to try and make money and we're like, I got to make money, then we know it's going to be even harder to make money because it puts a contingency and it outlines it. I need to make money in order to get this and this. And that's not how money works. As you know, money is a currency and a flow and the extent to which we give, serve and deliver goods, we're able to receive abundance. So it's really about getting in flow more than anything. And in order to get in flow with yourself, you've got to do all that inner blockage work that's stopping you from living fully, expressing fully, serving fully, and being able to implement the skill set as well. Mm, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So your work at the moment, you obviously have your E4 method, like you just described. What are you most excited about in terms of what you're doing in your business? It's a great moment? question. I think that we're all asking that at this point in time, because mm -hmm. we've been sitting behind Zoom for this so long. And I think people are really burnt out on social media and technology and things like that. You know, I love this question. It's probably my favorite question out of everything, because I believe we're kind of all born for particular expressions, if you will. And for me, where I love the most, when I'm most in that, that genius zone 
is generally in person. So say on stage, taking somebody through trauma and the deep, deep spiritual work. I love that. I never get, I get energized by that. People can see and, and experience the work. And it's been hard because we've been like doing it on Zoom within community, you know, the last couple of years. And so it's been, the world barely has seen my work out there. And it's been, it's been heartbreaking because you know, and you see it, watch it profoundly change people's lives. So I'm curious to know for you, what is that thing for you? I'm really excited about this podcast um, and growing that further. Um, but it's interesting because I actually identified recently that the emotion that I'm desiring is not necessarily excitement, it's stability. And um, it's maybe that's an emotion, but it's a thing. And I think for so many years, especially as you're growing something, you're looking for almost that like hit of adrenaline, or at least you get addicted to it. And I realized that that's not actually my desire at the moment. My desire is peace and stability and calm. And so I'm asking myself the question of, is this decision that I make or this offer that I put out there, is that actually going to bring me that? And of course you can create that without the thing. Um, it's also a mental state and a way of being, but but I just shifted kind of the verbiage of what I was actually looking for. Totally. Completely different, right? Oh my yeah. gosh. So true. Yeah. And we're launching a new membership, which is also going to be amazing and just expanding and finally feeling more in alignment with the mission of the company. Um, mm -hmm. So that feels I can't wait to hear beautiful. about it. Yeah. The podcast has yeah. been fun. We've, um, uh, I have a podcast as, you, as well, Dr. Aaron podcast. And it's been so fascinating because I love it so much because I did, I think I had 3,600 people on Good Morning Lala. And so when I did the podcast, I just want to do solo casts. I just want to teach all the teachings. Yeah. And, and I'm finally getting to that place where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do solo casts anymore. So we'll have to do something on the podcast for sure. And then I'll be coaching and doing trauma process and stuff. We'll be doing video podcasts along with audio, which is really some. So I'll have to talk to you about it because I have a big coach I've been working with um, getting the podcast to the next level, which is super exciting because I just think people are getting... I feel like people are getting, I'm getting tired of short form content. I think longer form content where people can really dive into profound work is, is going to be, is going to grow exponentially right now. Oh, I agree. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd love to yeah. talk more. So where can people find you? Yeah. It's Dr. Aaron across the board, dr. E -R -I -N, uh, TV. I'm sorry. My website's Dr. Aaron.tv, one of those. And across all social media, it's Dr. Aaron.tv, which is D-R-E-R-I-N.tv. So across everywhere. So the final question we ask all of our guests is what is one way people can create a life that's better than their dreams? Because I believe that, yes, we can have, oh, yeah, we great. can have a plan and all the things, but I believe there's so much more available for us. Okay. I love this, this question. Um, so I believe people manifest incorrectly. So what people, most people do is they think with their logical mind, what do I want to manifest? And they mock up like pictures on a vision board. And then they go, now I try and be spiritual about it. And I'm going to like, you know, get in the frequency of this feeling and I'm going to try and manifest and, and do whatever it is. It's actually the opposite. So what we want to do is when we call in our vision, we actually want to go beyond the mini mind. We want to go deep in source and call upon our, we, we want to do all of our inner work and have that vision come through. It's like emptying the vessel so that the actual vision can come through. Once the vision has come through from your higher self, then we use the mini mind and energize it in all that frequency. So people are actually, because most people, their vision is, is incorrect. It's actually not a correct, um, authentic vision for themselves. So uh, you ask, how can they create a vision beyond their dreams? Well, you have to go beyond the vision 
that you've given yourself. Oh, wow. No one's ever explained it like that. Thank you. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you for your time and yeah. all your amazing wisdom. This has been incredible. And I'm so grateful for you. Same. I love you so much, sweetheart. I love mm-hmm. you too. Thanks, yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag I Heart My Life Show. That's hashtag I Heart My Life Show. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, and leave a review because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams.